Welcome to I Haven't Seen It, the podcast in which I have to listen to all sorts of people talk about films they have never seen. Today's film, guys, is called Dig. Just Dig? Just Dig. And it's D-I-G. D-I-G. And actually, I should say Dig, because it's with an exclamation mark. So it's That is good. Yeah. That's oh. the title of this film. And it's in capital letters. That's true. Dig in all caps and with an exclamation right. point. So, oh, so we wow. started with... Uh, I went first last time. James, what are you thinking? 35 miles out of Flagstaff, Arizona, is a small town called Shovel. Here in that small town lies a small pub, a bar, a Western-style drinkery, where only the bar flies, drunks, and mescaline addicts hang out in the daytime, trying to chase away the hangovers before tying on a new one. One of those bar flies has a hat and long, greasy hair. Slowly, he lifts his head up from the bar as the doors swing open and a stranger ambles in to his bar. He can't see the stranger because he's backlit with silhouette. But he walks in with spurs on his boots. Cha-ching! 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 He sidles up to the bar and puts his hands down. They're dirty, cracked with work. He slaps down two gold bits and says, I'll take a bottle of anything. Bartender, okay, uh, I, I've already said too much. No, no, that's good. So, so I'm sensing... Yeah. Western? Oh, it's a Western. I mean, set mm-hmm. back in the heyday of, you know, late 1800s. Yeah. I'm just going to, mm-hmm. let's see. So from the opening scene, I'm going to extrapolate that this dead end for everyone in the town of Shovel, it, it realizes that their name, the town name has a purpose. This stranger maybe has a map. And so then we see this town full of misfits and ne'er-do-wells that all start realizing that the map exists. There's a reason this town is named Shovel. And, and they realize that they have a purpose, which is to find this treasure. To dig. To dig. Greg, we, we're jumping ahead. I love where you're going, but we're jumping ahead where the, the stranger, I, I didn't finish his sentence. He says, I'll take a bottle of anything. Oh. And that map on the wall. And then ah. everyone's like, what? And then he's realized this old, dusty map looks like a normal map. There's no problem in it. What's the deal? And then no one, it's no just one twice to even look them. at it. Yeah. Right. It's just decoration. It's part of the, the scenery. So he takes the map, puts it down. He's drinking from his bottle. He takes his knife. He sticks his knife into the map. And he says, that's where I'll dig. And everyone's like, okay, we might have got something on here. And then one of the old timers who was playing the piano, he stops playing. You know, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And he's like, you don't mean the treasure of St. Piedro, do you? Okay. And the stranger says, you're goddamn right I do. And it's not St. Pedro. It's St. Piedro, who's Saint Italian. St. Piedro. St. Piedro. An he Italian? No okay, now we should go. No business being A little backstory. There. Yeah, Greg, go ahead to the backstory about St. Piedro. St. Piedro, I mean, he's a patron saint. Of shovels. Of the shovel. And this town, I mean, yeah, they've got a statue of St. Pietro. Right. A St. Pedro <laughs> statue, but they, they got rid of it. They down. Yeah, this is St. Pietro we're talking about. Right. And the Italian-American community in this town of Shovel, Arizona, is, is pronounced. They, you know, they were doing very well. Uh, so, indeed, it, it, the Italian community 
does not take friendly to this right. outsider coming in. So I think it's time for the first bit of trivia for this film oh, great. Mm-hmm. to get, help you guys oh, along. Uh, this it. film was shot over seven years. Seven. And they had yeah. they cut it from 1,500 hours of footage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had to really, they didn't know, the, the map wasn't very accurate. There's a lot of digging. So there was a lot of digging. And in real a time. A lot of digging. A lot of it was shot in real time. Real right? documentary stuff. Well, that's yeah. the key. It was it was directed by Werner Herzog, I believe. So I think that it was real time, real holes. They wanted to actually find the treasure of Saint Pietro. The legend has it yeah. that this Italian saint, who immigrated to America before he died, uh, had a had a curse upon him given to him by a Roman Roman a, a gypsy, uh, who uh, the curse said that his blood would boil with gold, and the father eventually died they said not of lead poisoning but of gold poisoning his blood literally became gold and he died turning into a gold item like just gold coins bursting out of his chest and mouth and nose horrible way to die but i mean honestly so if you could find the crypt quite lucrative pietro then you'd find all this gold so it's a a treasure hunting so dig refers to so once i've seen the film then i understand that dig refers to digging for the treasure of saint Pietro. It's like Dan Brown yes. in that way, too. The, right. the clues are right there and hiding in plain sight. Yeah. You just got to put those pieces, yes. uh, decipher the symbols. Yeah. So when when was this film made, do you think? Well... Because it's set in when? 18... Like, what was it? 18... Yeah. Set in the But it was made in the heyday. It was, in the, it was made in the 90s when the heyday the of 90s. Westerns, yeah. when Unforgiven oh, and, yeah. you know, Tombstone were right. coming out and right. everybody was loving Westerns. Who's it starring? I didn't ask that. Who's it starring? Uh, an aging Ronald Reagan. Right. Um, after his president, dead. after presidency, yeah, after he's president, president. He wants, yeah, he's yeah, like, I don't want to be known Reagan. as, I don't want to be typecast as just as a, a president. <laughs> yeah, Lorenzo Lamas, that's Bruce hell, Willis. That's a hell of a movie. And I'm gonna say Val Kilmer because he was doing westerns. Okay, there. who's a stranger? The strangers followed Mario Van Peebles. Oh, so that's okay. So those four A-list actors weren't the strangers. The strangers, Mario Van Peebles. Yeah. Von Babels. Von Babels, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> you know, Merel Streep is Dutch, right? That's a Dutch name. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Echt waar? Yeah, Merel Streep. Streep. Wow, now, now <laughs> I can't. Now, now I, I want to go through every every actor in Hollywood and make their name Dutch. Ami, Ami Adams. Uh, <laughs> Adams. Lekker acteur Adams. <laughs> ja, uh, toch, top, toppie, top, toppie, so, top, toppie acteur. <laughs> this film was denounced by one of the subjects oh? as reducing several years of hard work to, at best, a series of punch-ups and mishaps taken out of context, and at worst, mm-hmm. bold-faced lies and misrepresentation mm-hmm. of fact. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, there, there, there was a lot of holes that shouldn't have been dug. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of misses. There were a lot of misses in this process, and a lot of people wasted a lot of time digging right. in the wrong place, yeah. misreading the clues, not understanding the, the occult symbols, yeah, Ve- and the Werner esoteric Herzog, symbology. As the director, so, he had to say no to a couple of projects for yeah. this fifteen hundred hours of footage. I was just going to say, right? So this is a documentary. Aha! Told so, you. Um, we weren't far off. Are you thinking this far is a on. documentary about the making of the movie? I thought which, a dramatization of 
But you might uh, maybe that's better, like a Hearts of Darkness as right, or a Lost in La Mancha type thing mm-hmm. where it, ah, you know yeah. where it's where they never managed to make the movie right. because they were just digging all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, they were too busy digging. The yeah, of, the, the real movie the is called The Treasure of Saint Pietro. Oh, of course, uh, but this <laughs> and then the documentary about is, it is called Dig. Right. It's called Dig, which is what dig. Werner Herzog kept saying. Dig. <laughs> Nick, what, what, did, what did Werner Herzog say? What, would, what was Werner Herzog saying? At best, a series of punch-ups and mishaps taken out of context. <laughs> that's a good, that's great. <laughs> um, I love pimping him out to the Herzog. It's great. <laughs> okay, listeners, spoiler warning. If you do not want to know what this film is actually about, or you want to go through life believing what you have just heard James Kirkland say, stop listening now. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. And because the algorithms really don't care if you love us or hate us, make sure to leave a review either way. All right, back to the podcast. So this is a documentary about one of my favorite bands, the Brian Jonestown Massacre. What? Yes. Mm. That's a band? That's a band called the Brian Uh, Jonestown Massacre. Okay. And the documentary... Chronicles the rise of that of the Brian Johnstown massacre and of the Dandy Warhols. Dandy Warhols. I've seen this movie. Oh ah, my god! Embarrassingly, I'm now realizing it. I didn't know it was called that. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. remember it being. Like, <laughs> so, so when you started off, James, and you were talking about, you know, uh, was it meth and drunken ha- hangovers? That's pretty yeah. accurate because that's pretty much what they do for a large part of the film wow. of the documentary. Anyway, so they they yeah, the Dandy Warhols were a very or quote-unquote, commercial band. And yes. the Brian Jonestown Massacre was this incredibly fractious, toxic environment led by this guy called Anton Newcomb, who was an absolute musical genius. And he played, I don't know how many, dozens of instruments. But they were always on drugs. They were always drunk. They would fight on stage. They would get thrown out of the clubs they were playing at. I mean, Jonestown already right. is a mass suicide event. Exactly. And then Massacre on top of that. Exactly. Like it, it, When you book these guys, you got to know exactly there's going to be trouble. They make amazing music. <laughs> I actually, a couple of years ago, I managed to see first the Brian Jonestown Massacre and then the Dandy Warhols within, I think, two months. They both came to Amsterdam wow. when, when that was still possible. Yeah. And uh, I thought the Dandy Warhols were really boring. Uh-huh. Because that, nine, you know, that 90s, I don't care about anything, yeah. you know, with the chokers, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Whereas the Dandy, which, whereas yeah, the, the Brian Jonestown Massacre is, is genius. Is he going to play the instruments or is he going to use them as a weapon? Exactly. Or both. Yeah. The right. impact, rhythmical impact of smashing the guitar over the head of the drummer is, is, a, is, a, pleasant, <laughs> is a pleasant sound, I guess. Take that, drummer. <laughs> this is a beat. So there you go. That was Dig. 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 Can you dig you it? Dig Hell it? yeah. And I can dig it. We should come up with one of these for every film. All right, James, it is your turn to uh, tell me about the support we have this episode from Trunk Club. Hey, guys, James here from Haven't Seen It. You know, I have a lot of time in my hands due to the current pandemic, so I've been planning a lot of future trips. That's one of the ways I've been getting by. And my favorite thing to plan is cross-Atlantic seafaring passages. There's nothing better than going to a website Detailed planning your cross-Atlantic long sea voyage that'll get you across the pond in roughly 14 to 20 days. Now, we don't have to worry about U-boats shooting us down. <laughs> I was like, no. Now, we, d- we don't have to worry about U-boats sinking us anymore. 
those days are long gone. A cross-Atlantic, transatlantic seafaring voyage is one of the safest ways to travel there is. Much safer than a plane, a car, or thinking about it. But the problem is luggage. Now, you've got to have an incredible amount of luggage to make it for a 14 to 20 day transatlantic seafaring voyage, maybe to Southampton from, say, New York City, whatever it is. You need a trunk. You need a giant seafaring trunks and maybe multiple trunks stacked on top of each other. And then bada bing, bada boom, you're in Southampton. And what a journey it's been. But that's why Trunk Club exists. With Trunk Club's app, you simply mark the clothing items that you want to throw into your trunk that you want to put on your transatlantic cruise. They come, they pack it up, no problem. They pack up your trunk, they lock it, they put it onto a a kind of a van carrier thing. They drive it to your Queen E2, whatever kind of, you know, transatlantic cruise you were taking. They load it up into your stable, into your cabbage house. Right, your cabbage house. You know, no, that's fine. That's what they're called. That's what they're called. Yeah. It's it's a cabbage house. That's where your luggage goes. And you, I guess not a lot of people have done transatlantic voyages Clearly. here. <laughs> but then you are laughing. You're having a great time. You don't have to worry about packing. Thanks to Trunk Club and their amazing app. Download today and use promo code Haven't Seen It Twenty for twenty percent off. Tell them I sent you and get an extra smile on your way out. <laughs> 